and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Ron Wilson, CEO at InterviewStream and the host of Talent Storm, where we'll chat about everything that meets at the intersection of talent and organizational performance. We're focused on exploring the tips, tricks, and techniques for identifying and fostering talent and creating high-performance individuals, teams, and organizations. I'm really excited to be joined today by Henry Wellington, founder and CEO at Upbeat, an educational technology company that helps educational administrators make decisions to improve school culture and, strength, and strengthen teacher retention with insights from data analytics and a predictive algorithm. Henry has a really fascinating background that I'll likely only scratch the surface of. It spans politics, entertainment, teaching, including special education, recruiting, consulting, and now technology and data analytics in the educational market. Henry graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a BA in American history and now resides in New York. Henry, welcome to the Talent Storm podcast. I'm honored to have you with me today. Thank you so much, Ron. This is great. And I'm really uh, grateful that you're uh, bringing me on here and I'm excited for our conversation. Right on. Well, hey, I am, uh, like I said, super excited to have you on the podcast. And you know, there's so many topics I could talk to you about for hours and hours. And, <laughs> and we'll probably, you know, we're going to get into some of those. But uh, before we get started, would you mind sharing with our listeners a bit more about your background, including what led you to start Upbeat? Yes, absolutely. So I, as you mentioned, I'm in New York and I was a special education teacher here in New York City. Um, I taught in a public school um, and then uh, moved and taught at charter school for a couple of years. And both schools where I worked, there was a significant amount of turnover. And I had actually been a teacher recruiter um, before I become a teacher. So I was a part of this very thorough process to bring in and hire great teachers. And then when I was teaching, I would see my colleagues leaving and there was really no clear process around trying to keep them and that just felt like such a loss uh, especially you know I since I was a special education teacher I looped and you know taught kids for two years um, so I really knew the deep relationships that they had with teachers and so there were a lot of times in that second year where a student would be struggling and I'd be thinking oh you know this teacher that left had such a great relationship uh, with the student really knew their family well um, and you know that teacher is no longer here. And, and then I get, you know when you get to that next year as well, and you have a whole new grade team and a whole new uh, department of history or English, it just takes a long time to get on the same page again. Um, mm -hmm. And that's you know what, what ends up uh, being true in the research as well in terms of how teacher turnover can impact a school and, and the, ultimately the performance of students. So, after I left teaching, I started to look into this issue and I reached out to a couple of researchers who had researched teacher retention for about a decade. And uh, we built a survey where every question and category is research-based around what impacts whether or not teachers stay or leave. And uh, what we do now is we partner with districts to administer that survey. And we uh, work with principals and district leadership to develop an action plan I think we found out early on um, with Upbeat that it was really important to have experienced former principals and former district leaders who could work with um, our partners and in, in looking at the data and thinking about what to do with it. So, um, you know, we're in uh, over 10 states um, now and, and, you know, we're, we're really excited about 
what the data has been able to do in terms of unearthing some of the issues with teachers and then uh, the power that's come in in terms of principals and district leaders using the data and setting goals around it to uh, make improvements in their schools. That is amazing. And uh, so I have to share a little story. Um, so, you know, first off, I am incredibly passionate around education and um, in, in really early childhood education and trying to drive reform in our education system. Um, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, if it wasn't for my third grade teacher who saw the goodness in this young little punk that was, you know, lost, uh, you know, from a divorced family and just, you know, living in poverty, um, I, you know, I'm getting goosebumps because every time I talk about Miss Arnott and uh, the impact that she made on my life, it really turned things around. She really helped me understand that, you know, I was worthy, I had value, and uh, I could really make a difference. So, um, I've been, you know, paying it forward, uh, you know, since uh, the, you know, the awakening of that moment, um, you know, later in my life about, you know, the pivotal moment that it's had. So, um, one, I just, you know, have a, an incredible appreciation for teachers, have a lot of friends who are teachers. And then the other thing that uh, I'm extremely proud about is my daughter is actually going to Arizona State University, which uh, unfortunately it's issue, but uh, it's, it's all good because you may notice the U of A helmet in the background but uh so we're a house divided but my daughter is in the teacher's college and she's studying early childhood and special education at, wow. uh, at asu so um so we're uh you know we've got plans as a family to uh, continue leaning into education and you know my son's graduating this year from arizona and so uh, my wife worked in an elementary school for uh, the predominance of her career um and was you know psychology and social work and so uh you know, just to share with you wow. kind of where I'll be coming from some of, you know, and that's why I was like, man, oh my gosh, we got Henry on this. This is so <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to talk to him because he's like living, living it. So uh, <laughs> that's anyway, awesome. what, that's, that's uh, that, it's really a family business there. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the intention in the future. You know, we really want to want to be part of, of, of changing and, and, and really bringing equality to education. So everybody has a fair opportunity um, mm -hmm. to be the best versions of themselves. Yeah. So, what, uh, what, what led your daughter to um, want to pursue special education and to, to be a teacher, do you think? So um, ironically, my daughter, uh, like early, you know, as, as kids play, she always played school and she always played the teacher. So mm -hmm. maybe she was a little more kind of dumb, you know, I want you to be the students and we're, you know, but yep. she always played teacher. And then, you know, my wife worked at, in the elementary school that my kids went to. And my daughter formed, ironically, a really strong bond with her third grade teacher, um, Ellen O'Malley. And yes. that really set her on a course. And she knew from that point she wanted to be a teacher. And so then um, throughout middle school and high school, she volunteered in the special education um, you know, departments mm -hmm. and worked in, you know, with the special education kids. Um, throughout her, you know, um, middle school and, and high school. And so she's just been passionate about, uh, you know, people and, and serving and, and uh, helping people be the best versions of themselves. And, you know, like I said, giving everybody uh, an opportunity. Great. That's yeah. great. So, so yeah, so that's, uh, you know, kind of how, how we got there. And, um, and so, you know, kind of switching gears from kind of my, my story and, and digging in a, a bit um, more about Upbeat is, you know, another passion of mine is culture and engagement and leadership. And I love that you're fo you focus on culture, engagement, and leadership to address teacher turnover and performance. And another, you know, passion that I think we share is around 
the incredibly negative effects that turnover has on organizations and the people that are part of it. And obviously in your world, it's not just the teachers and administrators, it's you know, the students as you articulated earlier. Um, so I'd really love to, to learn a bit more about some of the solutions and services that you deliver and why they're so, you know, so important today more than ever. Yep. So I think, you know, if, if you looked at sort of the landscape of giving an employee survey um, to teachers, what it often looked like uh, when I was conducting research and thinking about, what, you know, how to start Upbeat. Um, what it often looked like was a survey that was given in the spring, and the results were then um, given back to the principals and the district leadership maybe four or five months after the survey was taken. Um, and that ended up, you know, kind of being compared to like an aut autopsy report. It's like, let's look right. at what happened. Right. Uh, yeah, after the know, fact. Uh, right, right. And it's months later, and, and basically every teacher that took that survey they never saw one thing about um, the survey results. They were never exposed to any, you know, you took the survey and you didn't know where it went. And that, you know, was my experience as a teacher. And through research, I found that, you know, that was something that was going on uh, sort of across the country. And so what, what initially um, we believed was important was to get data back to administrators quickly to be able to turn around these reports, you know, within a week to make it really kind of live and actionable. Um, we also felt that, you know, there are questions, the way you ask questions um, is important. So, you know, do you feel appreciated? Uh, yes or no? Okay, well, if you get a no there, um, it's good to know, but you don't necessarily know how or why. Whereas the way we ask about appreciation is we ask about public recognition for your work. We ask about whether or not uh, you get noticed for, for how hard you work or whether or not they let you know when you do great work. So you'll see differences where there's public recognition, but no one's getting noticed um, or by individually for the work that they're doing. And so that combination of getting very specific and clear data um, when there is time to actually do something about it uh, and, and to get it to people quickly it, it was part of our theory of action and it has, is something that has proven to be very helpful for principals and district leaders. So what we do is we administer a survey in October and we get the data back to our partners um, within a week of completion. And so that would be either late October, early November. And that allows for principals to course correct um, so if they see that teacher appreciation is, you know, lagging, or they see that parent-teacher communication um, is an issue, and that's something that's that uh, is kind of dragging on teachers, then the principal has an opportunity to look at that data and develop an action plan. And the key thing that we tell and work with um, all of our partners to do is we encourage them to share data back with their teachers. And we have a process uh, data mining protocol where um, teachers are able to see the data and um, look at it and provide some ideas and, and some potential solutions. And so what that does and what we often say to our partners is you know, sometimes it can be worse to give a survey um, 
and not share the data back than to just not even give a survey at all. Um, and so that way, one of our key uh, metrics within our survey category is teacher voice and leadership. So when you take their voice, give it back to them, get a little more information, let them know that it's being looked at and acted upon, um, that in and of itself is increasing their willingness uh, to have a voice and then also letting them know that they do have a voice um, on a lot of issues. And so then we believe in giving a survey again in the spring so you can track and look at progress and you can see if things have improved or not and then use that data in the spring to plan for the next year. So what I got, what I, what I love about what I just kind of heard is you're really encouraging transparency within, you know, within the uh, educational environment. And, you know, what, what I think, you know, we, we've all seen in studies and, and, and probably know inherently, you know, transparency is going to also help improve the engagement. And, and, and as you just said, when you get their engagement then and you're having interactions, you're actually going to gain better insights. And once you gain those better insights, you can actually create better outcomes and actually course correct, like you said. I yeah. love that. Love and, that. And, and I think the other key piece is that is having a former principal or former district leader who, who's walked you know, a mile in those shoes right. and they can sit down and establish trust and credibility um, with the principal or with the district leader as they review the data and, and they can kind of trade stories um, and what it creates is an, you know, an objective uh, person who's, you know, who's not their boss, who right. can just be a sounding board and encourage them in different ways. And, and then as we develop our relationship with our clients, we find that you know, this becomes an important relationship where they can see progress in certain areas. If you say, give the survey in the spring, you give the survey the next year. Um, and, that, and we maintain that consistency with the coach and with the district. We find that that uh, is also really important. Yeah, I love the fact that, I mean, another point I, I, I noticed is you actually, you, you're not just a technology company, you're a services company. I mean, really, which, which I would call a solutions company. And you bring, from an operational standpoint, you bring expertise to the table where, you know, bias, conscious bias here. There's a lot of technology companies who don't, you know, who are out there telling organizations and functions what to do and they've never lived it they just had a good idea around it and and the fact that you know you come from uh, that you and your team come from a practitioner side and and really help the, the 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 partners that you work with understand the data the insights and then help them with the action plans and and you know the things that they could be doing moving forward it's awesome yeah yeah, and, but, and, I, um, and, and, and I love that, you know, you're, you and your family are all involved in education because what I tell my, our partners all the time is I started this company to help with teacher retention and to improve teacher retention. Um, that is the goal and that is what we're working toward. And so that's why, you know, we do provide, like you're saying, the services and the, the work that's being done working alongside the district and principals. And I, and I think, you know, you can understand that there is, you know, for any like SaaS company, um, you know, there, there is that um, pressure to try to, you know, have the highest margin that you can or, and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, that well, is, I understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, but at the end of the day, like, 
I really uh, believe that you know school district leaders are you know they are very um, find the right word, but you know the, um, uh, I'm, I'm lost for the right word. But you know they like they they will not select a service um, that isn't going to help their kids and help uh, you know their district perform better. And so you know it's really important to prove and show that you are moving the deal and that you are increasing engagement, you are increasing retention, at least for what we're doing. Um, so I believe that, you know, that uh, ultimately in terms of serving the mission is, is what will, you know, ultimately lead to more adoption from other part, from other partners. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, like most organizations, they're, they're looking for value and, and, and they're being selective. They're going to be incredibly selective with who they work with, um, to make sure, as you said, they're moving the needle. You know, I'd like to, um, to, to talk a little bit about, you know, obviously we, we've all been dealing with uh, COVID for, for almost a year now. Um, how has that uh, impacted how, what you guys are doing today? Yeah, it's, that's an, and I'm sorry, and the word I was searching for was discerning. They're, they're oh, very discerning. discerning. <laughs> very discerning. Um, <laughs> but COVID has, has had a big impact. Um, I think, you know, when, when COVID hit, uh, we were setting up to send our spring surveys out. And, you know, our surveys have been set up very much for the traditional um, work environment of a school. Right. And, you know, the first thing that we did was talk to our customers and, and uh, talk to our, our partners and spoke to folks in Texas and Georgia and South Carolina and Chicago and New York. And um, after sort of the shock of it all, um, right they realized that, hey, you know, we don't, we're not seeing our educators every day. Everyone's split apart and we really want to know what's going on with them. We really want to understand what their issues are. We want to be able to support them. So we convened uh, that group and it was included teachers and principals and HR administrators and superintendents. And we sat down with our research director. We went through, you know, what is the experience right now? Um, what are, what are, what does your day look like as a teacher? Um, where are your issues? As a principal, what do you want to know? Um, do you want, what, do you want to know about your communication? Do you want to know uh, how teachers are feeling appreciated in this new environment? And we went through a, a, a quick process of creating a teaching from home survey. And we, you know, we did cognitive testing on it and we got teachers to take it and we got their feedback as well. And we rolled that out with our partners. And um, you know, what, it, it, what it did was just really allow for people to get a clear understanding of what was going on with their teachers. And then we worked with, again, the principals and district leadership in terms of what could they do you know, in May and, and June. Um, it's, it's a, it brings up stress for me, just like even thinking about that time period. I think every, you know, it was just such a difficult, difficult time. Um, for our country and you know and it's continued on now um we've kind of like gotten used to it but it's still so so right. difficult um so you know i think that was a, a key piece and then as we approached this year we wanted to think about okay how can we incorporate what we've done in the past and then what we did with the teaching from home survey so we basically completely um uh you know did it did an upgrade and and revamped our survey such that it could be taken by folks in a hybrid 
environment in person or at home. And the same exact survey can be taken uh, by, any of, by any of those teachers. And we felt, we know that that's really important because what that allows for um, our partners to do this year, it allowed them to give the survey to teachers that are in a remote environment. And then as people you know, go back to in-person or hybrid this spring or next year, they're gonna have a direct comparison for every question and category so they can see how things have changed. And then we're also capturing, there's a lot of uh, variance across the district. So there's teachers who are teaching 10 kids on Zoom and 20 kids in the classroom at the same exact time. There's teachers that are teaching remotely, fully. There's teachers that are teaching fully in person. Um, so we're capturing that as well. And we're allowing districts to filter and see the differences um, for their virtual teaching population, their in-person, their hybrid. And then what we've also done is added a piece around wellness um, and, and making sure that that's being tracked and looked at with staff. And then we also heard a lot from our partners in terms of um, looking at issues around equity and inclusion, uh, cultural competence. And that's a piece that we did some uh, further research on and uh, recognize that that is, has a, a big impact on turnover as well and um, have allowed for our partners to, to get a clear sense of where those pieces are. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's, it's fantastic, the, the work that you're doing. And I'm wondering if you could share with us, you know, some of the insights that you may have learned around how COVID has been impacting teachers in these, you know, variety of either all in-person hybrid or full remote type environments. I mean, any, any insights that you could share that that, uh... yeah. So there's, been, I think, you know, you've probably seen, there's been a lot of news about this. Um, you know, it's, it, I think it, it, everything you're reading is true. It, this is an incredibly challenging and stressful um, situation. And it's one, and, you know, sort of, if you sort of take what everyone's been dealing with in terms of like the lockdowns and, you know, um, being home and dealing with all the changes that have been going on. Um, it's like that, but it's like times 10 um, for right. teachers and the school models changing and they're going from one uh, to the, you know, sometimes it's in person and that gets canceled. Um, there's COVID exposures, there's substitutes that are being brought in. There's um, situations around you know, teaching kids on Zoom and teaching in class at the same time. So it has been, um, you know, an incredibly difficult, difficult situation for teachers. You know, there's been some other uh, polls. There's like the Horace Mann came out and this was in the news in December that 27% of teachers were considering quitting um, because of COVID. There was another survey that said three quarters of, of teachers say that their morale is lower than it was before the pandemic from Ed Week, uh, and that was in November. So it, it, it's a very difficult situation. I, I would say, um, you know, if you were to look at like what, whether or what the turnover might look like, I think you also saw that there was some states have been reporting in South Carolina, they reported that there was 10% um, less turnover last spring. And I think what that you know shows is that sort of the larger economic situation always has an oh, impact on teacher right. turnover. And right. so I think you know that uncertainty is, is you know likely to continue. So I think while um, 
stress is basically at an all-time high. I think with the economic uncertainty, there would probably be more turnover at the end of this year, but I think maybe right. not quite as much as what um, some of the polls or, or some of the you know, uh, right. surveys are indicating. So, you know, the, the, the thing that I find interesting is, you know, I believe we were already near crisis mode in regard to teachers entering the workforce and, and teachers, you know, I remember sitting in orientation, you know, with my daughter and having the, you know, head of the teacher's college, you know, talk about just the, the, the lack of supply and demand and, and telling all of the students, you know, you're going to easily find employment and we all want you to stay in Arizona. She was very biased, but, you know, and, um, and I think, you know, we already had a challenge getting people into, you know, the teaching industry. And, um, and it seems to me like more people are getting out of it now because of all the things that we just talked about. And, you know, what I'm selfishly hoping for is this is an awakening with parents and, you know, us voters and, you know, and um, our, our politicians around the importance of investing in education and, you know, compensating teachers appropriately for what they do. And, and, you know, with, with parents having to juggle working at home and, you know, helping their kids teaching, I mean, I'm hoping there's a, you know, an awakening, like I said, uh, because, you know, teaching is such a noble profession. It's such a critical aspect to our lives. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we obviously need more and more great people, you know, getting into the teaching world and, and certainly uh, COVID hasn't helped that cause, um, mm -hmm. but, but hopefully there will be some goodness around, you know, the awakening of the investment that's needed to, to really provide people with a great education. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, one of, so there is some positive that we've seen from our data. So like you said, with the parent-teacher piece, mm -hmm. um, we have a question around parents and teachers at my school work together as partners that's up three and a half uh, percentage points from last fall before COVID to this fall. Um, and that's something that we've seen from a lot of our partners. So, you know, it's this idea that you have to work with the parents um, in this situation. And, and before, you know, you did, but um, this has really kind of brought people closer together. Um, and then we've also seen teacher appreciation improve hmm. as well. Um, so that's something that we've seen. And then another would be, we've actually seen teachers be higher on whether or not they look forward to teaching every day. Um, so that, that, you know, there's sort of uh, like, because we're in the middle of the year, there's sort of different signals um, in terms of what's occurring. But I, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, I've, I mean, I've seen a lot more of people sharing their appreciation for teachers. I know that parents are, are having to see it more. And, I, and you know, I, like I, I'm so ingrained in this that I, it's, it's like, how do, you know, we should, everybody should see this before. Like, right. how, how, yeah. but- um, Why did it take this to, to, for everybody to be awakened around like the importance? I mean- Right, but but I do see it too, and and um, you know I, I I know that we're looking at some uncertainty with school funding, and you know I'm hopeful right. that um, you know I'm hopeful that some of the pieces around federal funding can support education um, 
you know, that, with what was just passed and then further in the spring and, and, um, and that, you know, there, and there was momentum, there was momentum going into the pandemic. There had been uh, states that had passed raises for teachers. And I think that it's just going to be critical that we can um, find a way to get through, you know, what's the, the economic situation and, and hopefully emerge from that with um, folks being, keenly aware of how important teachers are and, and we can you know find a way to, to properly reward them for, for the critical work that they do. Hey man, couldn't agree more. Well, hey, I want to uh, respect your time and uh, I know we could talk um, for hours like like I said and <laughs> and um, you know and, and, and I'm hoping that uh, I'd love to have you back on uh, on the podcast maybe after your spring survey and you know we can talk more about what you've seen. Uh, I also wanted to you know talk about your teaching from home survey. I think there's some fascinating things that you know we can potentially talk about uh, if you're open to getting together with me again. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That would be great. So yeah, we're cool. working so, on a report. Um, we're working on a report off of our fall survey as well that we're going to publish. I uh, look forward to checking it out. Well, before we uh, finish up, is there is there anything else you'd like to cover today? No, I, I think that was great. I, I really appreciate you taking the time, Ron. Uh, this is great, and um, I definitely you know want to learn the story about that uh, football helmet at some point. So <laughs> we'll we'll save that for the next podcast and, and the boxing yeah. glove. It's a, yes, that's yes. another good story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right on. Well, hey, everyone, that was an amazing conversation. And again, uh, I'd like to thank you for your time and insights today. Um, how may our listeners best connect with you? So uh, you can go to our website, teachupbeat.com. Uh, that's the best way to you know, fill out information. Um, and then you, know, you can also feel free to reach out to me at henry at teachupbeat.com as well. Awesome. We'll uh, throw that in the show notes. Well, that's a wrap for our conversation with Henry Wellington. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you prefer to get your stream, but also really appreciate it if you provide us with a rating and review. If you have any questions or comments for us, please feel free to contact us at talentstorm at interviewstream.com. Henry, thanks again for joining us today. Yep. Thanks, Ron. Good. All good. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>